0: Go ahead and describe a typical drifter. Give your description point by point so I can recognize a drifter when I see him. The first thing you will notice about a drifter is his total lack of a major purpose in life. He will be conspicuous by his lack of self-confidence. He will never accomplish anything requiring thought and effort. He spends all he earns and more, too, if he can get credit. He will be sick or ailing from some real or imaginary cause and calling to high heaven if he suffers the least physical pain. He will have little or no imagination. He will lack enthusiasm and initiative to begin anything he is not forced to undertake. And he will plainly express his weakness by taking the line of least resistance whenever he can do so. He will be ill-tempered and lacking in control over his emotions. His personality will be without magnetism, and it will not attract other people. He will have opinions on everything but accurate knowledge of nothing. 48 Laws of Power, I have a chapter about think like a king to be treated like a king, and I talk about Christopher Columbus as sort of the icon of that. He's somebody came from a very mediocre background and he simply believed however that he was royalty that he was born destined to create something great and it became a self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. which is the truth with a lot of very powerful people and the 50th law a book about fearlessness is very much about how your attitude carries over into you create your own fate through your own through your attitude and mastery certainly has that element to it the one thing about the book is i'm trying to tell you that there are no shortcuts there's no drug you can take there's no little formula you have to put in the hours you have to develop yourself you have to develop discipline and work habits the kinds of things that you cultivate in your 20s and they become the kind of habits that are a foundation for future power
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sheep Kids Shared Podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, the one and only Austin Creed, and my friend, I want to welcome you into the show. Uh, we're talking today, we're continuing a series, this is the fourth video episode we're doing on the Biblical Bachelor series. Now this is coming, The so Biblical Bachelor is a book that I'm writing that's going to come out not in the next couple weeks. And so I'll be setting that up for pre-order not too long from now. So if you're interested in improving yourself, if you want to level yourself up, if you want to become a more of a free thinker, not be told what to think, but how you can teach yourself to think, how you can level yourself up, but not forsake your religion, not forsake spirituality. This is the book for you, but let's get into the topic of the day and the topic of the day those of you have read or listened to, so the first clip I played at the beginning of the show was from Napoleon Hill's book, Outwitting the Devil. Fantastic book. I actually listen to it every single night as I go off to sleep and I play it while I sleep. Why? Well, because you are what you consume. And so when it comes down to it, when I was younger, actually, I'll tell you a little side story before we really get into the meat and potatoes of the show. When I was younger, I my would listen to these stories on either the radio or on a CD player, and one of I remember them to this day almost verbatim word for word because I would listen to them over and over again when I was a kid, and because of that I retained those and they really settled with me. They influenced me to the point where I still remember a lot of them to this very day, and so if. I remember that when I was a kid, why would I not start reading and researching or listening to said research or said gray reading so that I can retain that knowledge in my 30s, my 40s going forward? I think it's a fantastic idea, by the way. And if you don't already do that, I would suggest you do it. Well, my friends, the topic today is outwitting the devil, outwit the devil. Now, who is the devil? You might have heard the menacing voice at the beginning of the show that was supposed to simulate the devil's voice. You see, when people talk about the devil, a lot of people will immediately think about Satan, will think about um, this horned guy with a beast with a, with a sharp tail and horns and a forked tongue, but that's not the case. In fact, it's the farthest thing from the case. The devil is the negative portion of the atom, which is discussed in Napoleon Hill's book. The reason I bring it up is because I discussed this in Biblical Bachelor quite a bit of developing your own personal philosophy. You need to develop who it is you want to become. You need to figure out, hey, do I agree with X? Okay. Do I? Okay, maybe I agree with part of it. Maybe I don't agree with the other part. But I thought about it and I decided what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to get rid of. That is thinking for yourself. It's not accepting something at face value or rejecting it. It is Filtering it through the master, the master, com- the master supercomputer called your brain, and using it to form who it is you want to be, so that you're not passive in the formation of your own persona. Now, when it comes to fa- building upon this foundation, you must not be passive, because there are nonstop drip campaigns all around you. Constantly, Whether it's TV, whether it's movies, whether it's the media, whether it's on social media, it is everywhere you will ever look. It has gotten so bad to the point that events like the Super Bowl, for example, you think the Super Bowl is about football, right? No, it's not. It is about the commercials and the game is built around those commercials. That is how that works. Don't believe me? What do you look forward to most in the game? If your favorite team is playing, maybe you care a little bit. But without a doubt, every single time people are like, ooh, who's going to advertise during the Super Bowl game? Ooh, let's rank the best one and let's see what's, which one that comes out the best and we like it. See what I'm saying? You see what, you see what I'm talking about? That is a drip campaign. Or if there's a certain thing that maybe triggers a memory of you or like, for example, if you You ever had these random jingles pop up in your head you haven't thought about for years and all of a sudden they show up in your head again? Yeah, that's a drip campaign. That's good marketing. Because all of a sudden, you're thinking about their product and you're more likely to buy it. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but what I'm saying is you need to hijack that philosophy and apply it to your own life and say, okay, what do I want to achieve? Do I want to be more positive? Which you should. Do I want to be more positive in my life? Okay, good. How do I apply that in a way that's both I both obvious and subliminal? How do I do that? That's what you need to do to conquer it. Might seem like a lot of work. That's because it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. If you're not willing to work on yourself, you can't blame anybody else for not wanting to work on you or work with you. Tell me I'm wrong. You can't because I'm not. Now... I want to share with you a story. Most of you who have never heard of um, or, um, Earl Nightingale. Fantastic ad, fantastic um, broadcaster. He's from back in the day. I love listening to this man. He actually agreed with a lot of things that Pauline Hill said as well. He's kind of part of that whole cabal of free thinking, thought provoking, wanting you to build yourself up and not be a passenger in the vehicle that is your life, not be a passenger in the vessel of your life. And this is a story that I'm going to use from his website that I've heard him use on his show before. I don't want to take credit for something I didn't develop, but I want to share it with you nonetheless. Here it is. It's called the devil's wedge and goes in with this idea of the devil being the negative portion of the atom. Let's dive into it, shall we? Here it is. It says, are you familiar with the old fable about the devil's sail? It's interesting and like most old fables, it has a moral that, with, that is worth thinking about. The story goes that Satan was having a sale of his wares. There on display and offered for sale were the rapier of jealousy, the dagger of fear, and the strangling noose of hatred, each with its own high price, but standing alone on a purple pedestal. Gleamed in the light was a worn and battered wedge. This was the devil's most prized possession. For with it alone, he could stay in business, and this was not for sale. What was it? It was the wedge of discouragement. The devil's prize. The devil prizes the wedge of discouragement above all else because it is anfemable, demoralizing effect. The hatred, the fear, the jealousy may lead to immature people, persons to act unwisely or to fight or to run or to grab, but at least he acts. You notice the difference here? It says at least the person takes action. Discouragement, on the other hand, harms more than any of these weapons, whether it be the rapier of jealousy, uh, the dagger of fear, and the strangling noose of hatred for one reason alone, it causes you to sit down, pity yourself, and do nothing. This doesn't have to happen, but unfortunately, it all too frequently does. Not until we realize that discouragement is often a form of self-pity do we begin to take stock of ourselves and our predicaments and decide to act, to do something that would take us out of our unpleasant situation the answer the answer to discouragement to self-pity then is intelligent action now he goes on to talk about specific examples that are slightly outdated this is true however my friends of the sheep get sheared podcast You rams who are trying to build your horns to not be sheared by the wolves. This is what you need to learn. It is inaction that will destroy your destiny. It is the lack of moving in any direction. It is standing still that will stagnate your entire existence. And it will leave you into the habit of drifting. My friends, this is such an important paragraph. One that you could live by if you really wanted to dissect it. He says, I'll read it one more time. In case you didn't hear me, I'm going to say it again. Because sometimes it takes someone saying something multiple times for you to truly grasp it and retain it. That happens to me as well. I'm not downplaying you. Here it is. Let's read it one more time. The devil's... The devil prizes the wedge of discouragement above all else because of its enfeebled, demoralizing effect. The hatred, fear, or jealousy caused by the other three weapons may lead an immature person to act unwisely to fight or run or grab, but at least he acts. Discouragement, on the other hand, harms more than any of these other weapons. Because it causes you to sit down, pity yourself, and do nothing. Do nothing. Not make a mistake you can learn from, not make something that could then lead to, you could then monkey branch to something else, not set something in in motion that you could maybe steer in the way that you want. No, you do nothing. You did absolutely nothing. My friends, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's this kind of philosophy that you need to understand. These kind of stories don't get told much in our day and age anymore. Why? Because either people see them as silly, they see them as insignificant, or maybe they kind of sniggle at it, like they laugh a little bit and they think it's, uh, that's a cute story, (laughs) but this is so true. Think about it. You would want to dodge jealousy. You're taught that fear is not good. Or that you shouldn't be jealous of other people. Or that you shouldn't be hateful. We're taught these things. But we're not taught this. Beware of the wedge of discouragement. Notice it's a wedge. It comes in between. It jimmies in between you. It doesn't jab you. It doesn't throw you off. No. It just slightly wiggles in between. But that slight divide can cause division throughout your entire life and destroy your destiny. It can do everything by causing you to do nothing. And that should frighten you. Because think about it, if you're sitting around, have you ever been in a stage in your life where you're feeling discouraged and the first thing you do is you fear or you're jealous or you hate somebody else? Have you ever done any of those three things? Probably. We all have. Why? Because then we become more vulnerable. We're not on our purpose anymore. We're not wearing the armor of God anymore. Because we've been wedged. It's been we have been wedged between and we're no longer in charge anymore. And that's the problem. That my friends is the issue at hand that we face. It's not it's not external forces, not against other flesh and blood. It is self-sabotage that is leading us down the road of dismay. And this is what I want you to understand. And this is why I reiterate this over and over again in my book, in my manual for the spiritually seeking young man that's coming out on Amazon in the next couple of weeks. This is why I reiterate this, because every Person, whether you be man, woman, child, dinosaur, I don't care who you are listening to the show today. You are your own best ally and own worst enemy. Do not think that is someone else's fault you are where you're at. Sure, they might have contributed. Oh, yeah. But do not ever fall in the trap of saying it is someone else's fault so that you can avoid accountability. Because once you take accountability, whether it's for 1% or for 100% of what has happened to you, you will then be able to become better. You will be able to improve. You'll be able to become a version of yourself that may not have been feasible yesterday, but now is alive today. You must develop your own personal philosophy if you are to survive and not just survive. Because survival is a stage. Then you need to get into thriving. And if you want to thrive, you must be a free thinker, because if you are letting someone else do your thinking for you, or if you're a reactionary who says, if someone's for it, I'm going to get it. You're setting yourself up for a very rude awakening, because when you become older, you'll realize you wasted your manpower. You wasted your opportunity. It floated away from you. It wasn't seized by someone else. You let it pass you by. To outwit the devil, you must outwit your own worst inclinations. You must outwit your own. I, I call it the man and the monkey. The man is the in, the productive, insightful, knowledgeable side of you. The monkey is the instinctual, the, the animalistic side of the human being. If you, like, if you want to be more of a, a man, and by a man, I mean a hu- better human being, you need to curtail the antics of the monkey of your own worst animal instincts. You need to. Otherwise, they will consume and control you. Do not take this lightly. Don't. Because if you do, you are only harming yourself, and I don't want to see harm come to you. You must not just be passive. You must be active and be proactive, not reactive. That is my challenge to you today. My friends, I've made my point. I can give you all my game for free. I can't do it. Well, I can, but I'm not going to do it. You could read more about it in Biblical Bachelor when it comes out. It will be on pre-order on Amazon not too long from now. But my friends, I want you to know... That this is a process. It won't happen overnight. Don't think I'm a master. I do this every day. I work towards this goal. This goal of becoming the best man that I can be. And if there's any room for improvement, then I'm not the best. My friends, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. We're out of here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.